Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. Most of you know me as the host of the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, but by day, I'm a senior partner with Y Street Capital, where we develop apartments, senior housing, residential subdivisions, just to name a few. I'm excited to invite you to attend a webinar information session about one of our upcoming developments. This is the second webinar we're holding for a new project in Colorado Springs. This amazing project comprises nearly 1,800 acres and is an opportunity to become part of a major expansion of the community at pennies on the dollar. If you'd like to learn more, send me an email to info at victorjm.com. I'll send you a link to register for tonight's webinar. This is not a solicitation for investment. Any future investment would be by prospectus only and is only open to accredited investors in the U.S. Send an email to info at victorjm.com. On today's show, we're talking about inclusionary zoning. This is a relatively new term that you might not have heard of before. Inclusionary zoning is code for building affordable housing. Many North American cities, including Vancouver, New York, San Francisco, Boston, have implemented inclusionary zoning. In fact, there have been hundreds of inclusionary zoning initiatives all over the world. Each community's inclusionary zoning policy is designed to meet that community's local housing needs, their market conditions, and their own planning frameworks. While policy requirements vary across these jurisdictions, a few things stand out. Affordability periods are getting longer. They're ranging generally from 30 to 99 years, and a quarter of them are securing affordability in perpetuity. Most policies provide for options to provide units on-site, a cash payment in lieu of affordable units, or the provision of off-site units. And the geographic policy ranges from the entire municipality to specific zones within the city. Large cities like New York and San Francisco, the policies only apply to very specific areas in the city. Now, whether San Francisco's policies are working in general is questionable. The city lost 129,000 population in the year ended July 1st, 2021. Some other cities have outlawed their R1 residential zoning, arguing that single-family homes are exclusionary. That move is designed to increase density and encourage multifamily construction to better integrate communities that have been previously economically segregated, and arguably racially segregated as well. Well, the City of Toronto has just implemented their inclusionary zoning rules, and they've adopted the principles in their official plan. According to the city, only 2% of the housing built in Toronto in the past five years has been affordable. Well, that metric is not surprising to me at all, given the cost of construction. And when you consider the city charges development impact fees that are larger than the cost of land in most other cities in America. As someone who underwrites these projects on a regular basis, there's simply no way to create new affordable housing without a builder losing money. The new rules in Toronto include provisions that require developments located in protected major transit station areas and in inclusionary market zones to provide affordable housing. To start with, they've got to provide somewhere between 5 to 10% of the condo units as affordable housing units beginning this year in 2022, and whether these affordable units can be either owned or rented. They're going to be increasing these requirements eventually to 8%, and then finally to 22% of units by 2030. And these units have to stay affordable for at least 99 years. The rents and ownership prices are going to be based on new income definitions of affordable, and for the moment they're deferring these inclusionary zoning requirements for purpose-built rentals for the next four years. They've exempted mid-rise developments having less than 100 units and comprising less than 86,000 square feet of residential gross floor area. These rules also exempt nonprofits that already aim to provide affordable housing, 
and they also exempt student residences, retirement homes, nursing homes, and residential care homes. So far, the city has not specified which zones will be required for this inclusionary housing. Now, as a developer, I can say that no government body can compel an investor to make an investment that's destined to lose money. Construction costs are up at least 20% since the start of the pandemic, and I can tell you that rents would need to go up by a similar amount in order for the economics of building anything new to make sense at all. Clearly, these types of rent increases are not sustainable, and arguably many people found the rents too high before the start of the pandemic. Unfortunately, this is one of those initiatives that simply erects another barrier to development. The net result will be even fewer new units constructed, which will ultimately reduce the supply without addressing the demand side of the equation. This is a selective tax on developers. It basically says, you rich developers are making too much money, so we're going to tax you by forcing you to include affordable units. The problem with this thinking is that government can't force developers to undertake a project. If the project doesn't meet the financial metrics, they'll go develop somewhere else where the numbers make sense. There's nothing forcing a developer to build in a specific location. If Toronto doesn't make sense, then a large developer like, say, Minto will go and build in West Palm Beach instead. It's not like they haven't built in West Palm before. City councils are constrained by municipal boundaries. Developers are not. This seems like an initiative that's designed to get votes and win political points. Politicians want to be seen as doing something, anything, even if the net result is zero. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.